Welcome back to Claim the Stage, a podcast all about public speaking and speaking up. I am your host, Angela Lucier. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. All clubs are meeting online, and you can find more at speakersisterhood.com. We have two people on the show today who I'm doing coaching with who have asked questions that I think I've heard at least a hundred times each. (laughs) These are common questions that come up when public speaking. So I'm hoping that these will apply to you and hopefully answer your questions as well. So our first coaching conversation happens with a woman named Christine, who's about to give a maid of honor speech. And my advice is not only for a maid of honor speech, it's helpful for any type of speech. So she's looking for tricks and tips and how to regain confidence and relieve anxiety because she hasn't done any public speaking in a while. Our second call is with Oriana, who is feeling crippling fear about presenting. She does a lot of one-on-one financial advising for women. And now she wants to create a workshop that she can present to a group, but the fear is just stopping that from happening. So I address those questions and get them on their way to building something they aren't um, proud of. And, you know, funny enough, I happened to get an email from Christine just today saying that she gave the speech and she received so many compliments following it. She had a great blend of humor, emotion, and it wasn't too long time frame wise. And she was just really glad that we had the conversation and it gave her a huge confidence boost. So always good to get feedback and know that what we're talking about is helpful. So if you have struggled in either of these areas, I think you will find today's call very helpful. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can write in to me, Angela at speakersisterhood.com with that question, and you may be selected to do on-air coaching. So if you want to start thinking about what you might ask, please do so, and we could be chatting soon. So without further ado, here is today's live coaching episode. Christine, welcome to Claim the Stage. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to talk with you today. I know I got a, a question in my inbox from you regarding a maid of honor speech and seemed like there was some um, urgency <laughs> to get that question answered. So before we jump into your question, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So I am Christine. I live in the Midwest in Minnesota. Uh, I've been in the workforce for about 12 years, give or take, and I haven't utilized public speaking as it's within my background degree. And especially in this past year during the pandemic, I've worked remote, so really haven't utilized those public speaking skills and meetings as they've been via mobile. And uh, so with that being said, kind of to tee up into the maid of honor speech, I'm feeling a little bit rusty, if you will. Uh, It's a dual maid of honor speech, which is nice. My sister and I will be standing up together and kind of that ping pong effect, if you will, She'll 
give a little bit of the speech and I'll do the same and, and what have you. So uh, that's kind of where you come in with your expertise, hoping for a little bit of tips and tricks, feeling a little bit of that social anxiety, if you will, with the pandemic and then, you know, not being in front of people from a work standpoint and then getting up in front of 200 people now that we're back to normal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> it feels a little intimidating. So uh, I really appreciate your your time here this morning and uh, the, the quick turnaround too. So excited to chat. Yeah. So when it comes to the speech, I know you sent me the speech, so I did get a chance to read it. Are your main concerns about the content, about your um, anxiety around speaking? Do you want to talk a little bit more about what's kind of on your mind and getting in the way? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a general grasp of the speech we've done. My sister and I have done a lot of practicing so far and and what have you. I think the main concern to your point is just that anxiety piece uh, and a little bit of judgment the crowd for some reason. Just worrying what other people are going to think essentially. So Yeah, I would say that's probably the most common fear among people who are going to get it in front of the audience is what are they going to think of me? Are they going to yeah. like me? Are they going to think this is stupid? So that's a totally legitimate concern, <laughs> especially <laughs> after, after not doing it for a year. So let me just start yeah. with the content of the speech since you did send it over to me and I got a chance to read it. I My first thought was, oh, this is a little bit long. But then when I read through it and saw how you structured it, like you said, the ping pong going back and forth between you saying a paragraph and then your sister saying a paragraph, it flows really well. And it's actually the perfect length given that both of you are giving the speech. So it creates more interest because it goes back and forth like that. And it's not just one person speaking for like a full five minutes. Yeah, (laughs) I would say if you were speaking by yourself, about three minutes is good. But I think that speech is probably about five minutes as you wrote on the on the top of the sheet. So yeah, I wouldn't change anything about what you wrote. I think you gave really nice examples of who your sister is. And they're funny and they're descriptive. Mm -hmm. And you also talked about your brother in law in a way that was complimentary and inviting. And, you know, it really showed a little bit about his personality. And I like that at the end, you offered advice. And so it flows really, really well. I think if you guys can try to give the speech either with just small note cards or from memory, that would make it even better. It's always, um, you know, it's not as impactful if you're watching someone read a speech. So if you can get it. If you can, do you feel like you're at a point where you'd be able to just look at bullet points or do it from memory? Getting to that point, uh, you know, today's Wednesday, uh, definitely by Friday can be at the bullet point note card ready. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I know a lot of speech coaches say you should practice in front of a mirror, but I think that's actually horrible advice because then you're just looking at all, looking at your flaws the whole time. (laughs) 
right? Like, what is my hair doing? And what am I doing with my hands? And so if yeah. you can record yourself giving the speech, then you can't see yourself while you're doing it, but you can watch it after the fact. And then you can look at things like facial expression and body language, and then just listen back to it to hear the content and listen for filler words and pacing and tone and things like that. So you do have a few jokes in the speech. So making sure that you yeah. pause for a couple seconds when you tell the jokes so that people can laugh is, is great. So that's all I'll really say about the content. I don't think you need to make any changes to it. It's just a matter of practice at this point and um, timing on those jokes. So as far as the mindset piece, this is definitely what makes or breaks so many speakers because they could show up with a great speech that they've crafted and worked on for months and then the delivery falls flat. And the the most important thing I'm going to say to you, I'm going to say right now, and I want you to remember this for your, the wedding on Saturday and every speech you give for the rest of your life. (laughs) And that is, it's not about you. Hmm. And someone told me this probably 15 years ago when I was about to give a speech at a staff meeting and I was really nervous. It was first thing in the morning. I got there an hour early to, to prepare. And my coworker came in and she just said, you know, it's not about you. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) this is my speech. And she goes, yeah, but nobody cares about you. All they care about is like, what are you giving them? And they're mostly the whole time you're speaking, they're thinking about, wait, do I have toothpaste on my shirt? Did I remember to put deodorant on this morning? What what time is lunch? And they're thinking, (laughs) yeah, they're thinking about all the things that they need to be doing and what, what are people thinking of them? So when you're giving your speech, just remember, like no one's looking at you going, what is she wearing? Why is she talking like that? Why is she telling these stories? They're thinking about, are people looking at me and should I have another drink? Have I had too much to drink? Did I eat enough? Like they're all caught up in their own story. So really you're there to support the day and you're just there as a support for your sister. And you're there to sort of entertain the audience and be in service to them. And in terms of telling, you know, a compelling Um, anecdote or two about your sister, but no one expects very much from you because it's not your day. It's your sister's day. And they're all thinking about themselves anyway. (laughs) Um, That's such a good call out. Yeah. Thank you for that. (laughs) And if you think about the grand scheme of the day, like whenever I speak at a conference, I think, okay, this conference is going from eight in the morning till six o'clock at night. That means it's a 10 hour day. My speech is 20 minutes. I don't have to, I don't have to win today. I don't have to be the best speaker. I don't have to wow everyone out of their seats. I just need to be good enough. And when I think about being good Mm -hmm. enough, it takes so much pressure off of trying to be the best and trying to be perfect. And when you take the pressure off of perfection and just say, I'm going to go out there and have a good time because this is a day about celebration. It's not about me proving that I'm the best public speaker in the room. It just changes the whole tone and the whole experience. So when you think about it like that, does it feel like, oh, this is actually something I could do really easily and it would be really fun? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Those are really good call outs. And, you know, whether it's this weekend or to your point, work meetings in the future, I think that will be helpful to have that mindset because, you know, going going back to the worrying what other people think, that's essentially where I'm at. And yes, definitely skills to utilize this weekend and, and in the future as well. So very helpful. Yeah. 
you know, one time I gave an hour long speech and this was a couple of years after someone gave me this advice about not being about me. And after the speech, I went and asked a couple audience members, um, do you like, I, I put a jacket on, I was, I was about to leave. And I said, do you remember what, what shirt I was wearing? What color shirt I was wearing? And they were like, no. And I thought that's really interesting. Cause you just looked at me for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you were just you were just watching me talk for a full hour and you don't right. know what color my shirt was. Yeah, <laughs> it's because like they're not fully present with what what is going on with you, you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of the analogy in in the case of the wedding people aren't remembering what they had for dinner, let alone the speech and and what have you. So uh, yeah, that's definitely great to, to remember. It's, it's a little, it's interesting because it's a little bit more of a sense of its family versus people that I've never met before, have no idea who, who they are and, and so forth. So going into that approach will definitely be helpful. And I think to just smiling and, and laughing throughout the presentation kind of sets your mind at ease a little bit and it'll be helpful that my other sister will be up on the stage so to speak with me as well so yeah we'll kind of tag team in (laughs) yeah exactly if you can go into it and say to each other let's just have fun and be there for our sister yeah um, it's like it's not about like yeah let's go out and be the best public speakers in the world (laughs) yeah Another thing I like to tell people is if you do feel like you're full of nerves and like Mm -hmm. you're really hard to kind of manage in the moment, try to pause and close your eyes and think about the love you have for your sister and think about Mm -hmm. the, um, the exciting day of like, Oh, wow. I get to be here for her. I get to be here to celebrate this and have this memory with her and embody that love and enthusiasm. And then once you really Mm -hmm. feel that, then bring that energy to the talk. And then that will be what you're exuding instead of having that, you know, that fear energy. I love that. Just that visualization piece leading up to the the speech and and a little bit of meditating too. I'm big into that this past year, so that might be helpful. Uh, part of the reason why I emailed you is because I had a dream the night before, well, more of a nightmare, that I got up in on the stage and I just froze like deer in the headlight look at <laughs> oh gosh, I got to practice and, and whatnot. So it's just kind of funny, you know? Yeah. That's a common dream yeah. <laughs> leading up to a speech, but you have such a great speech written and you'll have your sister. Thank right you. Here. Yeah. And so now it's just a matter of like, yeah, the practice time and then just having fun with it. And you know, I think a lot of people, especially at weddings think, well, if I'll have a couple of drinks before I give the speech, because that will help chill me out. And that actually yeah. works against you because it's yeah. hard to think in the moment because now you're inebriated. So right. try to avoid drinking before your speech, even though it might, th- it might you know, seem like it's going to help you. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. I've given a maid of honor speech previously, and it was strictly one, one drink, right? And that was it. Excuse me. So, uh, you don't want to be that sloppy speaker that ends up on YouTube and 
exactly. Social media. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, as I was reading the speech, your love for your sister really came across and mm-hmm. your, um, yeah, just, yeah, your admiration for who she is and for the man she has, to, she has found to spend her life with, it really shows. So you have a great speech. Just, yeah, just practice it and you'll be fine. Perfect. Any other questions or thoughts? I don't think so. You've answered the questions that I had and asked already, but can't express my appreciation to you and your your time here this morning. And so these are all key takeaways that I'll truly cherish, whether it's this weekend or outside of work. So I hope you enjoy your upcoming vacation to vacations, you and Jolie's. Thank you. Thank you so much and have fun on Saturday. Thank you. I'll report back. (laughs) Yeah. Let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear. (laughs) Definitely. Oriana, welcome to Claim the Stage. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I was excited to get your question because it's one that I know a lot of people have. And I think that by answering it here today, we're going to help a lot of people with this same challenge. So before we jump into your question, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. My name is Oriana and um, I am in transition uh, right now, I am actually um, exploring my how to make my passion into uh, a business. And I am finding that as I do that, there's lots of things that are coming up that are not necessarily like business related, but um, are kind of like getting in the way of me showing up like I want to. So my business is um, financial coaching. I started um, Money Map Coaching to help other women um, take control of their money so that they can use it as a tool to build the lives that they want. Um, And one of the things that I'm working on is getting my message out there and um, finding that sometimes that's a little bit challenging. So um, one of the steps that I took was to join um, Speakers Sisterhood so that I can um, gain confidence in in getting myself out there. And um, this is where I am right now. (laughs) Well, congratulations on taking that step. I know it's a big deal and it's not easy to show up and especially when you have those nerves. (laughs) Yeah, it's very scary. Yeah. So I can tell you're a brave person and I appreciate all that you're doing and the work that you're doing in your business. So what is your question? So I, so I talked a little bit about how do I gain confidence enough to, maybe the, and maybe the, the question is not confidence, but maybe allowing myself to freely like sharing my story in a way that I know will serve other people when I have a hard time, I call it like taking up space or demanding attention on myself. So I I feel like that's conflicting. Mm -hmm. I I hear this all the time and I've also struggled with this. So I feel like very qualified to answer this question. 
Um, so you said that your business is about helping women to better manage their money. Is that kind of the nutshell or? Yes. Uh, but it's all in an attempt to allow themselves to do the things that they really want to do. So it's kind of like a, a, I don't know, maybe a strange way to get at it, but you know, sometimes if, if our money it's not where it needs to be, then sometimes that prevent us from doing other work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, yes, let's take care of our money so then we can truly live the life that we want, basically. Okay. That sounds great. I think everyone could use that. <laughs> so have you sat down with any of the women that you want to help and ask them specifically what type of challenges they are facing in making that goal come to life? I have. Yes. I've, I've had, um, kind of like interviews or, you know, or just like basically conversations really with, because I always want to talk about money. Yeah. (laughs) I've I've had, you know, conversations and that's how I came to this place where at first I, so I went through my own journey with money and um, I thought, oh, I'm the only one that's struggling with, you know, with this stuff because of, you know, my childhood, blah, blah, blah. But then as I started sharing my, what I was learning with other people, I started realizing like, oh, I'm not the only one. And there's actually a lot of people that struggle with this stuff. And it makes sense because we don't, we don't learn about it in school. We don't talk about it. So I, I have had a lot of conversations just, um, like in regular life. And also, uh, as I have been preparing to figure out how I want to serve, um, you know, my, my clients. Mm-hmm. Well, I just heard a lot of value in what you just said. So I want to help pull out the things that are valuable about that so that you can see them. The first is you've been where your clients either are or were. And so you can relate to what they're saying. And when they look at you and say, oh, she understands me. Now you can talk on a different level and they can feel like they can trust you. So you have an advantage over people who didn't have that same struggle. So recognize that that in itself is valuable because you can come from that place and say, I understand how you feel. And that is priceless. So I hope you really know that just showing up with your background without doing anything else or saying a word, you already have value, okay? The second thing is the fact that you have sat down with your customers and you've asked them about their challenges and you've had those conversations. Those weren't just conversations. Those were customer research. And in doing customer research, you're under you're doing a, a better job of understanding who you're trying to help. And by doing that, you're creating products, services, offerings that are valuable because they're in response to what they need. So when you say, like, I struggle with my value and my confidence, if you instead of thinking about like the fear that's showing up or the beliefs or stories about like, am I good enough to do this? And who am I to tell these people what to do with their money? Instead, focus on the data here's the information I know is true about what they need. And I know I have the answers for them, right? Mm -hmm. So if you go into these conversations saying, here are like the top five things that women tell me they struggle with, and here are my solutions. That is so valuable 
because you're, you're helping them answer questions they can't answer on their own. And so by doing that, you're proving to yourself that you know what you're doing. And it, it's really easy when you're not doing the work to feel like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know why I signed up for this. This is crazy. I'm not the kind of person who starts a business and you just get stuck in that loop. But then when you start doing the work and showing yourself, not just your customer, but showing yourself that you know what you're doing, then the belief in yourself starts to grow. So the belief comes from the doing instead of like, I'm going to journal for three weeks about <laughs> like about my self-value and worth and all the amazing things I've done in the world. Like, yeah, those things are great. But like, if you just sit down and like do a couple conversations with potential clients and show them all the things that you know, you can leave those meetings going, I am awesome. I do know what I'm talking about. I can help people. That woman didn't know those five things before we talked today, and now she does. So the more you do the work, the more competent and the more valuable you feel. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And, and I'm actually a little bit in that space where, you know, I have spent the last year, you know, saying like, oh, I need one more certification. I need to do this other thing. And I'm like, okay, enough. We, we need to start doing and getting out there. And I'm definitely seeing a difference. What I'm struck struggling with right now, it's knowing, like intellectually, you know things, but then so in order for me to get my message out there, so I have to be willing to put myself out there. And intellectually, I know that that's what I need to do and all, you know, all of the things, but then I feel like sometimes I, my body goes into this other space. You know, let's just say like one of the things that I want to do is I want to get groups of women together and do like a, a little presentation about, you know, something. But the thought of that is terrifying because, <laughs> because that's one of the things that I, you know, that I struggle with is, uh, you know, public speaking, getting in front of groups. And even though I know that it's, it's going to be okay, I've done it before, I just have to start my my body it's a, it's almost like trauma like remembers trauma or something like that and it goes into this like automatic uh, panic mode mm -hmm. so how do i marry my like what i know intellectually with my physical being of being able to like get myself to actually like physically be there in person and like give the information <laughs> Well, a couple different ideas come to mind. And the first is rather than going from like sitting one-on-one -on -one with people to then hosting a workshop with say 10 people, taking baby steps towards the 10 people will help you to find more confidence and comfort in being in front of people. So in maybe going from one to three people <laughs> is a little easier, right? Like maybe that won't send you into that same level of shock and trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you do three, maybe you do three, like three or four times, and then you have a group of five. And, and so every time you do it, you're, you're gaining more confidence and, and competence, but also there might be a need for some counseling, just some, someone to talk to, to kind of work through a lot of these feelings. Cause it's a real thing to, to experience that kind of trauma when you're going to do something as terrifying as public speaking. And it's hard to do on your own. And I, I can't even tell you the number of speaker sisterhood members who I've talked to after a couple of months of membership who said, 
I didn't realize it, but I really needed to go and talk to someone one-on-one about a lot of these stories I tell myself and the fear that pops up. It's not just a fear of public speaking. It's actually pointing to other things that were unresolved that I just wasn't dealing with. Another thing that is helpful to to notice is is what the contents of the stories are. Because when you say to yourself, I'm going to host a workshop, what's the next thing that happens? What's the story you tell yourself? Uh, Doubt, like that maybe I'm, you know, I'm going to forget everything that I know and make a fool of myself. (laughs) Yep. If you can write down all of the things that they're kind of like objections that you create for yourself. You can then create solutions for all of those objections. So like you're saying, intellectually, I know I can do it, but then all these fears pop up. Well, you can all you can actually make it into an exercise where you can see in front of you all the things that you say to stop yourself from doing it and then say, is that a real problem? Like if I actually forgot my whole speech, what could I do to remedy that? Oh, I could put notes in front of me. And like... If I, if someone asks me a question and I don't know the answer, what could I do about that? Oh, I could say, I don't know, but let me get back to you, you know? (laughs) And so like, once you can create answers for these fears, you can start to see that maybe they're not as big as they feel. And we also, a lot of women especially have really loud inner perfectionists. Like we feel like we have to know everything. We have to be the best. We have to be right. And we have to be completely 100% ready before we take that next step. And so being able to acknowledge when your inner perfectionist is running the show helps you a lot because you can say, oh, all of these these stories I'm telling myself about forgetting my speech and not knowing what I'm talking about, those are all my inner perfectionists trying to stop me from taking action. And so like sometimes when you can separate yourself from that that part of yourself and just say like, I know what I'm doing. I I've studied, I've gotten certified. I've, I've helped women. I've helped myself. I know what I'm doing. And you can like sit down and make a list of all the reasons why you are qualified. It does kind of quiet down that inner perfectionist, but it is, it is a process. It's not like I'm going to do this all once and then everything's going to be great. (laughs) It's like, it's a, it's a practice of consistently telling yourself, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm trained. I may not do this perfectly. And in fact, I probably won't do this perfectly and that's okay. Like, I think I've given over a thousand presentations and there's never been a perfect one ever. <laughs> and that's okay. Cause I don't think anyone expects it to be perfect. It's actually a much more enjoyable um, experience for everybody when you can just say, you know what? I forgot what I was going to say next. Hold on a second. <laughs> Cause everyone in the room can relate to that. <laughs> and again, like I know that intellectually, like, and then I love um, when I see people like owning, you know, their, their stuff, it's like a beautiful thing. But for, for some reason, I don't allow that for myself. Mm-hmm. So it, it is, it, so it, it's almost like I actually, the people that I am attracted to are the people that are like very open and like own their mistakes and when they don't know and, and, and the journey, I think because that's what I as, aspire to, but then I don't allow myself the freedom to like make the mistakes and be like human, which in, in my mind, like it doesn't make sense. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What do you think will happen if you make a mistake? To be honest, like nothing. I mean, I think I will be embarrassed at the at the moment, but 
life will continue. You know, like I said, like a lot of these things, like intellectually, I, I can process them. But when I'm in the moment, then I think like, it's almost like some, like I have like an out of body experience, like something else like takes over and I can't access my intellect. Like I can't access my rational brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, can relate to that. And I think like my comment earlier about maybe talking to someone about some of that would probably be helpful because it, it does go beyond just building a skill set. You know, there's a lot of just like feelings and things to explore there that go beyond public speaking training. And then once you can marry the two, like the mindset and the um, the physiological piece and the mental emotional piece, you'd be unstoppable. Cause you'll have it all together. Um, but it does, it also is just like consistent practice and people always say like, how do I become a better public speaker? And I really wish I had this like really sexy answer of like, <laughs> all you have to do is write a speech exactly like this and then deliver it once and you'll be good for the rest of your life. And like, unfortunately the answer is like, you just have to keep doing it. <laughs> and the more you do it and the more you prove to yourself that you can do it, the easier it gets. And, and that's like the unfortunate key to the success <laughs> and being comfortable with being uncomfortable exactly yeah it's a muscle to to get comfortable with the discomfort and the the more you can strengthen that muscle the more unstoppable you become because once you can say yes to public speaking what else can you say yes to it's it's really incredible. Once you get over that fear of hosting a workshop with 10 women, you could host a conference with 500 women. You know, like there's so many possibilities. So, but it's all about the baby steps and you're taking them. And 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 I can see that this is not easy for you. This is not something that you can just like yeah. So, really um take a minute to to show gratitude gratitude toward yourself for facing this and trying because a lot of people wouldn't because it is so uncomfortable and who wants to be uncomfortable, (laughs) but it's worth it. Especially when you have such a great mission like you do with wanting to help women and um, to own their life by owning their finances. Yes. Well, that's, that's why I'm invested in in doing the work because I I do think that um, it's so needed and it definitely has transformed my life. And I think um, my kid's life and, you know, their kid's life. So I, I do believe in it enough to do the uncomfortable work. Yeah, that's great. And I want to make a point to everyone listening, you know, if, if they're struggling with, finding the strength to do public speaking, starting with their why, like you are, is really important because then they they know what's motivating them to do it because it's so easy to quit, right? But when you can say, oh, here's why I'm doing it, then it's easier, a little easier to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say that um, be, going to the meetings, going to the speaker sisterhood meetings has been so amazing it's like a lot it's about a lot more than just speaking and just watching other women be brave and you know work on 
lots of different issues other than like public speaking has been the most amazing experience. And, you know, it is hard to, to show up still like every, every time for me, but every time I do it, I just leave like so inspired and it, it just really has been a gift to watch other people be brave too. And, and have courage to like face their fears and, and work on getting better each day. Awesome. I'm so glad that you're getting that from it. And that's, that's common feedback I hear. It's like, it's not just about the individual journey, but it's about witnessing everyone else's too. It's so inspiring. So I'm glad that you're getting that from it. Um, any other questions or thoughts? No, I guess it's, yeah, it's getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I, I like the idea that it's a practice. I think that um, sometimes part of the suffering comes from, it's not something that, you know, like you said, you are going to like get the magic pill and it's going to be better. It's it's almost like you have to get, uh, fall in love with the, with the journey, right? Um, because it's going to take time and you know, sometimes that's a hard reality to face, especially um, in this like instant gratification. <laughs> so true. Culture, uh, yeah. So. Well, I love that you're taking that as your takeaway. And um, that being said, like, make sure that you celebrate the small wins because it can feel like this is taking a really long time. <laughs> but right now, this this call is a win for you to, because one of the things you said to me in our, in our email exchange was, I don't even know if I really want to be asking you this question. I don't even know if I want to be coached. Like it was, there was like so much, um, in, in the question of like, do I even want to go here? And you did. So, I mean, celebrate this, celebrate all of it. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity and making me feel comfortable to even get here. Oh, good. You're welcome. Well, I wish you um, luck and joy and um, just to keep going. And if as you're going along on your journey, if you have other questions, feel free to write again and we can do a follow-up coaching session because this, this, this is a process. It, <laughs> There's a lot to learn from it, and it's something that will change your life. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed today's show and got some value out of our conversations. I know we've all been in a position where we need to do something scary, and just getting a little push in the right direction can be all we need. So if you have any questions you, you have of your own, feel free to email me, Angela at speakersisterhood.com, and you may be featured on an upcoming coaching episode. Please take a moment to rate and review the show if you haven't yet. It does help more people find the show, and it's a great way for you to say thanks for doing all this work. <laughs> it takes a lot of time to put together a podcast, and uh, I just appreciate anybody who um, can show their appreciation through a rating and review. So that does it for me this week, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.